Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Back again, Bread and Circuses podcast. I am Rooster here with Crow. Churches one Mike Bauer. Yeah, you, you have all week to work on these, and they're still not very good. So, how long have we known each other? Fifteen years. Yeah, probably something like that. Have you known me to be one who gloats when I'm right? Uh, gloat? I rarely gloat. I don't Celebrate, think. enjoy. Uh, revel in I'm, I'm more of a gloater than you i think yeah well um i was right uh we talked about this tariffs thing before the whole you know trump and his tariffs and all that i just heard a news report today that china doesn't they don't buy enough stuff from us to retaliate enough with the tariffs so they have to find another way to win and i just i thought that was awesome you know the this whole idea that oh well we better watch out what china is going to do and china has already said less than a week into these tariffs we can't place as many tariffs on the united states because we just we can't buy enough of their stuff based on how much they buy from us so so what's there is the argument going to be then against doing it that in the short term it's going to hurt american um jobs and companies in the short term it hurts everybody tariffs hurt everyone okay but the point is it if you're gonna have a fight with them you know, a tariff war, they need to be able to damage your incoming products as much as you're damaging theirs. And the point is we, because we're a much bigger economy, buy way more stuff from them. And then if we decide, you know what, it's better if we don't buy the Chinese stuff because now it's more expensive and we start buying American stuff, they're going to feel that much sooner than we will. When And I believe I mentioned this when we talked about it a couple episodes ago. When it comes down to it, uh, you know, the G7 nations, the United States and the other six European nations, those six European nations combined GDP is one half of the United States. Hmm. Who's going to win a fucking trade war? Right. Us. So have at it, guys. Go ahead. I just, I don't want, I don't want Trump to keep winning in the sense that I, I don't love the guy, but at the same time. Why is it that if. If it seems pretty cut and dry and pretty clear what Trump's strategy is here, he's just gonna he's gonna you know basically go all in and make them go all in and say we won, give up, right? And what? Why then do we have e- even Republicans saying no? We shouldn't be doing this. Why is Paul Ryan being a douchebag? Is what you're saying? That's yeah. In in uh, yeah yeah in so many words. <laughs> I believe two reasons. One, I think, because like me, Paul Ryan is a uh, fiscal conservative who does not like tariffs. I don't like tariffs. I don't think they're a good thing for anybody. I don't like us having them. I don't like the other guys having them. But the big reason I think it is is too many people have bought into this let's be a citizen of the world thing. Let's, Let's work out a deal that's good for both of us. You want a deal to be good enough for the other side that they want to participate, but you want the deal for you to be better. You know, they yeah. talk about this in in uh, trades in, you know, major sports. They say, well, why did they trade that guy? Why did we get the better end of this deal? Or why did they get the better end of the deal? The trade didn't get made because somebody put somebody's a gun to somebody's head. It got made because both people on either side of that trade thought, this is good for me. There's nothing wrong with that. Somebody's if it's slightly better for one person, but still good for the other person, it's still worth right. doing. Somebody's right, somebody's wrong. And what I believe Trump is doing, because I think that's the only strategy that could be being used here, and because he's pretty much said it is, you know, it's a war, and somebody wins a war, and I think we can win, so we're going to win it. Yeah. Well, and then the problem with the prior last year, eight years, with Obama was that he ha- did have an, uh, kind of an attitude that we have too much, we have it too good. He's even said it, that we're you know, living high in the hog over here at, at the detriment to others. And so we're going to go and we're going to kind of rectify that. That's been his attitude. You know, it drives me nuts when he was saying stuff like, uh, 
you know, there are some people who are more fortunate. No, there are some people who've made better choices. Yes, not everybody starts from the same place. I'm not going to say that, you know, as a kid who grew up sort of upper middle class white kid. Um, yeah, I know. I just. You just doxed yourself. It. I don't look it. You know, yeah, no, I haven't doxed myself yet. It'll come. Um, yeah, I certainly, with, you know, two parents, I certainly start off better than an inner city black kid with one parent, you know, but it's, where do you take it from there? And everything I've got, I have because I sacrificed other things to work for those things. And for him to say, oh, you're just more fortunate. I am in the sense of where I started, but not where I got to. Yeah. And so I, when it comes to Paul Ryan, why is he sort of being a puss about this stuff? I think it's because for so long there have been the John Boehner types who said, let's go along to get along. If we rock the boat too much, we're going to lose some close races, and then we don't have the House and we don't have the Senate. And I think at some point you got to push your chips in the middle and say, fuck it, I think my cards are good enough. Yeah. And I think that's what Trump is doing. Well, as a self-identifying black lesbian, uh, I can just blame the patriarchy. So, Yeah, my patriarchy. Your patriarchy. For keeping you down. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's what I do every day. I come to work and I think, how am I going to keep the uh, self-identifying black lesbian females down? You know? Yeah, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's certainly going to hurt some farmers in the short term. It's going to hurt a lot of people in the short term. But it's a matter of how long you can hold your breath. Yeah, and it's not great for them. I mean, obviously, you can, they'll say, well, why are you dismissing them? That's kind of a big deal for them. Yeah, but overall, if they can hang on and make it, they'll make a better go of it after this is over, wouldn't they? The other side? No, no. The, the, oh, farmers, the farmers, the ones that are su- going to, or the, anybody in any industry that's suffering short term. Um, well, they'll say there are people that are going to lose jobs. There are going to be low income people that don't get jobs in certain industries because of this in a short term. So what are they supposed to do? You're starving them and their families. It's like you can't, you can't fix everything all at once. Look, it's easier for lower income people to get jobs now than it ever was in the history of this country. I mean, that, go somewhere and try and find someone who now, isn't you can't hiring. survive in those jobs, though. I mean, you really a lot of those jobs that are out there. They're saying there's there's too many jobs and not enough people working. But a lot of times these jobs really aren't. They, I mean, I'm not a living wage guy. I don't think it's because there should be jobs that aren't made for families and made for people to um, to live their life on. There are jobs that are for, you know, teenagers and whoever else and temporary workers and retired people. But um, there are jobs out there that you just, you can't, you can't have a family and sustain a family with that job. So, you know, what do you do about that? Okay, well, here's the part that I'm going to say that sounds cruel, but I don't mean it that way. I'm just asking some tough questions. If you are not employable past $15 an hour and you have a family you know, you got a couple kids and everything. You're trying. How did you get there? Those are choices you made, right? Yeah, but it's part of the human kind of imperative to have children and, and yeah, you know, but get together with somebody and have children. That's part. I mean, regardless of, of you, how smart you are. You and got knocked you up or knocked someone up in high school. You know, there are a, there are way more people who didn't do that than did. Okay? So... The first part of this is where I sound cruel and say, well, you know, how did you get there? You got there by your own bad decisions. And I understand that kids shouldn't suffer because their parents were stupid. But get, graduate high school, get married, then have your kids. And there's people who are doing that. I had kids, I didn't graduate high school, and I'm living with the baby daddy or the baby mama or whatever. So I... I have some sympathy for you, but I don't have pity for you because you put yourself in that spot. But so let's just say we can agree or disagree on whether or not that's a cruel approach. Um, But let's say you're already there. So how do you get out of it? It's not by saying, well, somebody needs to give me a, what's a fair number? What do you think a fair number is for raising a family? Oh, I have no idea. So the median income in the United States, the exact middle for a family of four is about fifty-two dollars to $55,000. Okay. So that means both parents are working. That's pretty low for a family of four. Yeah, but it's, it's the exact middle. You take half the family, you take, you know, all of the household incomes in the United States, you go to the very middle. That's the middle. 
right? So I agree it seems low too, but their their numbers provided well, by the you, IRS. If you add up rent, food, um, a vehicle um, payment, insurance, all that kind of stuff, that, that takes a big chunk out of that right away for a family of, let's say, four. Right. I mean, they can't, it's almost impossible to survive on that, I would imagine. No, I mean, there's a lot of people doing it. It's, you're not going to Disney World. That's well, for I sure. suspect you're getting some sort of, um, you know, you might well, be people getting... People below way, that are definitely getting a lot of yeah, you assistance. Might, yeah, you'll get, you know, food shelf assistance. You'll get all kinds of stuff like that. But uh, it's it's not, a, it's not a, a good situation to be in. Right. Well, let me, let me point something out even further without getting on too much of a tangent, because we always do the tangents here. What do you think puts you in the top 5%? What's the dividing line? Money-wise? Yeah. Um... Hundred thousand, roughly for a single person. Yeah, it's about one hundred and fifty. <laughs> if you're making less, if you're making more than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you are in the top five percent. Yeah. And people go, no, 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 I'm middle class. I see this all the time. People say you get two teachers, two college professors making seventy five thousand bucks each, and they're like, yeah, we're middle class. No, you're not. You're you're in the top five percent. But anyway, so let's go back to this. Let's say we're going to make jobs that you can raise a family on. People are going to disagree about what that number is. My point is you got to start somewhere. So though it's uncomfortable, we have assistance, which I think we should for people who are trying to make it. Go get the fucking $15 an hour job and work your way up. People are throwing money at people to get them to work jobs that require no training whatsoever. And people won't stay in those jobs. What what if you're... I mean, there are people out there that just don't have the raw talent or the intelligence to really kind of make it. I mean, they're not dumb or they're not like clinically. That's most people. They're not retarded. No, it's they're just not. Uh, they don't have the the drive. They don't have the. Uh, they the just want to go to work and get paid and live but, their life. But should they not have? I mean, they should still be able to have a family. You know, get married, have kids, um, without being like on the on the cusp of being destitute every day. Well, but I don't think it's really hard for people to go out and find a job in the 15 to $20 an hour range. If they've got some experience at a job where they're showing up and doing it. Oh yeah. Okay. So for example, my son and I are walking past a home Depot the other day. We're actually going into home Depot, but they have a big, one of those big painted window signs, huge letters, you know, four foot high letters, 12 bucks an hour, 16 plus. If you're 16, you have no job experience, Home Depot will pay you 12 bucks an hour. So are you telling me that if you go in there saying, I've worked at McDonald's for two years, I did my job, I showed up, um, I'd like to work at Home Depot, they're going to go, well, we're starting at 12 bucks. They're not. They're going to say $13, $14. Still not enough to raise a family, right? Right. But again, you got yourself in that position, okay? So I'm saying, given where you are, let's help you work your way out of it. And I've mentioned this before, and it's absolutely true. You don't need any talent or ability other than to show up repeatedly and do the job you're asked. Yeah, not be actually mentally handicapped. That's all you have to do. And if you do that job, if you graduate high school, which is not hard, right? You don't need to go to college. If you, ha- if you find a job where you just show up and do the job, you can learn to move up that. But the problem is people don't want to show up. Right. You no. want you want a great example? Here's a perfect example. I'm trying to do this without giving too much away. So in my business, we have a hard time hiring entry-level employees. Because I've said, I can train you in my business without any schooling on your part to run what I do. Not my job, but a management job in two years. All I need you to do is show up, do the job I asked you to do, and I will continue to train you to do it. You tell people that, and they say, yeah, cool, how long does that take? And you go, a couple of years. And they go, a couple of years? I was thinking like three months. You can't run a business on three months' worth of experience. They say, I want to make 60000 70000 bucks. You can. Stick with it. Learn the business over two or three years, and you're there. You don't need any college. You just show up and do it, you know, and they won't fucking show. So we had, 
we had, and people say it's, oh, because, you know, you're terrible to your employees. No, I have really low turnover rates. But so we started this thing and said, we will pay employees a hundred bucks if they stay a hundred days. The theory being, if somebody wakes up one day and goes, I just don't feel like going to work and they're 45 days in, quitting that day cost you a hundred dollars. Do you know what it did to our rates of people showing up at work? Almost nothing. They pissed away a hundred so, bucks. So because you think the problem is the like culture right now is just instant gratification and everybody kind of. I read this article about ghosting at work that people are just starting to ghost jobs. I get it in my business. You know, it's some of it's entry level stuff um, and they can replace that. They can literally walk across the street and replace that job. So I get if somebody doesn't like it there, um, if they don't, and I generally have the highest pay rate for those positions in my business because I'll pay for good people. But um, so they could literally walk across the street the next day and get it. If they just say, it's Saturday, I don't feel like working. It's nice out. I know I can get this job tomorrow at the other place. They won't ask for a reference. They don't care. They'll hire me on the spot. Okay, I get it. Um, I don't understand that work ethic, but I get it. But in this article, they were saying there's people who've worked at a company in salaried positions for seven, eight, 10 years that literally one day don't show up to work. They don't tell no, anybody. No, notice nothing. And on their Facebook page, it's a picture of their feet at a beach going, just living life. And people are saying, you go, girl. You go, guy. There's no one going, don't you work today? You know, there's no shame. No personal shame anymore. Everybody's shaming everybody else. Yeah, for, you know? yeah, for different things. Yeah, for what they didn't do or did not do. not actual responsibility, though. But nobody wants to take responsibility for themselves. You know what? I would love to have one of those people who goes, I can't find a job. I got a baby mama and two kids, and I can't find anything, and I just, I need to work. Help me out of this. And I'll say, I can do that. But here's what I need from you. I need you to show up. I need you to want to do this job. If they do that, I can get those people out of that position. But the problem is people show up saying like, yeah, that's not enough for me. I got to, you know, I, I, I got to make more than that. So, uh, yeah. And you're like, you have, you have literally no experience. There was a guy, this woman who worked for me years and years ago, 20 years ago. She, uh, their family was really, I mean, they were really poor, right? Her husband hadn't worked for... I don't know, 10, 15 years, wasn't disabled, just didn't work. So in the town I lived in, there was a meatpacking plant. They would pay, now this is mid-90s. This place would pay 11 bucks an hour to start, five days a week. It was second shift work. It's 10 to 2. Um, they paid health insurance for your whole family. You got 30 paid days of vacation every year, Right. So that is probably, I don't know, someone probably knows this better than I do. That 10 or 11 bucks is probably the equivalent of 14 or 15 dollars an hour now, right? That was to start. They'll hire you, no pass a drug test, you're in. And I said, "Why don't you go get one of those jobs? You've got two kids." He goes, "Yeah, um that's kind of beneath me working at that place." He didn't even fucking graduate from high school. That place wasn't beneath him. That place should be saving him. And he wouldn't take the job. Yeah. Now, there's there's other people who have, well, let me give you the other side of that coin. I get that. But let's stop pretending that this side of the coin exists. You know? Some people just don't want to fucking work. And it drives me nuts. Because you can help them. You know? Show up. Do the job. I'll teach you. I'll yeah. train you from I, within. I consider myself conservative and a Republican and all that. And I still think that there's a place for a safety net in society. Absolutely. For people that really just can't make a go of it and that are trying. But there's so much fucking fraud and abuse and waste. And it's like it, it, you just get hardened to it and you go, yeah, yeah. And you start thinking everything is a fucking sob story. Everything's bullshit. You're all trying to, you know, get one over on everybody. And uh, it's that's not the case, obviously. There are people that legitimately need that hand up. But uh, uh, it, how do you how do you how do you be conservative and want society to function and still want to have that safety net? Do, do you think charity 
is the way to go where you you take less from people and you and you start stop saying government is daddy and government is going to take care of everybody and you say no government's not going to take care of everybody you're going to be in some serious trouble if you don't figure your shit out but on the other hand there are people that are not getting ta- overtaxed by the government and they'll go yeah we've got foundations we've got charities you can you can get help i i mean i would hope that would be the way to go but i don't know well i mean you know, lots of feelings on this whole thing my Personally, I think, yes, a safety net is helpful. And I'll give you the stereotypical example when I think of safety net. I think of like, um, you know, the the stay-at-home mom that raised kids, three kids for, uh, um, you know, pick some profession. The dad went to work every day and or vice versa. I'm just being stereotypical here. So the dad went to work every day because, you know, I'm a patriarchy. Because that's the natural state of affairs yeah. for humanity, yeah. by the way. So... So the dad goes to work 20 years or whatever. Kids are, and I, I know people this has happened to. Um, so the dad goes to work for however long and the mom raised the kids. And at some point the dad says, or the mom says, but whatever, this isn't working out anymore. Well, where's that mom? You know, I mean, yeah, there's alimony and stuff, but, um, and she should get some of that. And if the guy stayed home and raised the kids, and he should get alimony too. But anyway, uh, you got to have something for that mom because she's going to have to go back to school. She's going to have to find a job. She's going to have to start from scratch. That kind of safety net is kind of important. This is why equal pay, by the way, is really bad for women. Because if that woman comes out and says, look, I went to college, but then I raised kids for 20 years, she can't compete with the guy who's done the job for 20 years. All she's got left is to say, Look, I'll work for less to show you what I can do. That's Milton Friedman's argument that we keep keep referencing it. And then you really should watch that video clip of him talking to that uh, uh, student. uh, Stanford. He does a lecture at Stanford. And uh, and it's a great – it's not long and it's really worth worth watching. Yeah. He's just – he's smart that way. And, yeah, yeah, you can can come up with a lot of of other examples that don't fit that mold. But I'm just trying to be stereotypical. So I think that person needs some help. Or like I said, the person who goes, I the only job I can find is twelve bucks an hour at Home Depot, but I'll do the job, okay? But I'm falling short. Great, let's get something for those people until Home Depot can say, you know what, your labor is worth more to me. And there will be people who will say, yeah, but they'll never do that if they only have to pay them twelve bucks an hour. They'll pay them twelve bucks an hour. Other than you're completely historically, empirically, provably f- fucking out of your tree on that. When you're wrong, you're flat out wrong. Um, let's just say that that's even true. Fine. Let's have a safety net for those people. But in my business, if I had 12 people that I could move that were great management candidates that I could train to do what I do and had two to three years to do it, I could do it. You don't need any school. Would they be able to work for me at that point? No, because I may not have that many openings, but they'll be able to go somewhere else. They have those skills. And because they worked hard for me, I will be a good reference for them. I'll even help them find that job because there's people in my business who are always looking. Just like there's always people always looking. But people don't want to do the work. And there are people who believe that people like me, capitalists are evil. We keep all the money for ourselves. We never redistribute any of it to our to our employees. So therefore, the government has to take it from us and redistribute it. So in my mind, yes, we should have a safety net. I think it should be much smaller. And it should be in, regulated more. It should, there the, should be some over, more oversight. I think it should be regulated less. I think they should take way less money, shrink the government um, welfare system much smaller. Do you think that would just take care of it then? Would that just take care of all the abuse and fraud? Well, if you, if you, don't, have the, if you don't have the mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have the government mechanism, you can't have as much fraud. I mean, a lot of the fraud is, um, you know, how people use it. And when you have when you have people who are in government working for the welfare system, they don't have any incentive to get people off the welfare system because now they don't have a job, right? If you are a welfare worker... And, and you're you, talking about the people that are in the system. Right, uh, the government workers. The administrators or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So if they come to you and they say, um, hey, you know, uh, you've got this much money to give out. And you say, you know what? Um, I don't need all of it. 
take it back. Take some of it. I'm going to distribute 70% of this because those are the people who really deserve it. Here, I'll give it back to you. you know, every year, those programs say, we need more money. You know, That's the nature of the beast there. I, had, I fought an unemployment insurance or an unemployment claim on someone, a manager, who didn't show up to work for two weeks. Just didn't come to work. Yeah, I would consider that uh, uh, quitting. Right. She said, I didn't quit. Yeah. They fired me. So, because I did fire her. At one point, I said, well, yeah, you're, it's you're not official. working here You're anymore. done. You're yeah. done, right? She applied for unemployment. So I'm on the phone with the, no, this is an unemployment hearing. It's me, the manager, and this unemployment person from the state. Uh, my manager didn't show up for that call either. Um, so it's just me and this unemployment person talking. And and she said, well, why'd you let her go? I said, well, she wasn't good at her job. And, you know, she said, did you tell her that, show her that, document it? Yes, yes, and no, because... Look, you're either good at your job or not. Yes, I should be documenting it if I really want to win these unemployment claims. But I also think I'm just going to tell you you did wrong, you know. But they said, ultimately, why did you let her go? And I said, I let her go because she stopped showing up for work. And there have been, you know me, there have been a few points in my life I've been struck completely speechless. This person asked me on the phone, did she know that that was a requirement for the job? (laughs) And I said... Wait, so showing up for work, did she know? Yes, did she know that she could get fired for not showing up? I said, if she doesn't come to work, does she have a job? You know, and she won the unemployment claim. Wow. That's nuts. I know, it's stupid. And that's because this person, I believe, thinks, hey, my job is to give this money out to people who need it because we took it from people who don't, you know? So... That's my own personal bias. What would it, to answer your question? What would happen? Would it get rid of all the fraud? It would get rid of fraud. Would it get rid of, you know, any of these problems? I don't know. We might exchange them for a different set, but I'm willing to try it. Let's see what happens. Let's just, yeah. You know, everybody says, oh, socialism's never worked because we've never fully tried it. Communism's never worked because we've never tried it. Free trade's never worked because we've never fully tried it. Let's let's try. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, I just I brought it all up because I just get tired of hearing that conservatives and republicans just don't care about people that don't well here's the thing a lot of conservatives a lot of republicans are people that are in that situation are not making a lot of money but hope to one day make money right and they see if they don't if they don't um support conservative and and free market or uh, um capitalist values that it's going to actually hurt them and hurt their family and hurt their kids in the future and so they're they're looking towards the future i'm looking towards the future i've never been a business owner and I've I've been in situations where I was living paycheck to paycheck and uh, kind of am now again. Um, hey, look! Sometimes when you're a business owner, you're working paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, yeah. So they think uh, all the Republicans are these rich bastards that are just you know looking down on everybody else, and it's like, oh, you, you know, uh, and not understanding. Yes, part of it is that I've I've been dealt a good hand. Great, and I've made the most of it. But a lot of people that have been dealt been dealt good hands don't make the most of it and fuck up. Then people are made dealt bad hands and and circumvent the problems and make the make the best of the situation and become successful. That that is nothing that that you can um, as a Republican or conservative. It, it doesn't matter to me what what uh, what privilege you have or don't have. You know, as long as you have, as long as you're not functionally retarded. Or have an, a massive a mental illness problem where you can't deal with people. Yeah. Then you should be able to to get yourself in a situation where you can support a family. It might not be the living the life of having you know um, uh, you know these beautiful these great vacations and and having um, multiple cars and multiple TVs, but you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna probably be able to um, have a home and and have uh, not worry about where the food is the next day and you're going to have clothes on on all your kids backs you're going to have the roof over the head you're going to have cable tv probably and at least one vehicle and it's not going to be the great life but it's a pretty good life yeah no and, and but i think most people expect more and they think that giving the giving the government um Everybody, uh, the people that produce, giving their money away to the government, and then giving, then the government will turn around and give it to everybody else, and then all the, uh, and the high had- tide raises everybody in that way because what you're doing is you're taking, you know, um, money that they really don't need, 
they're living a good life. If you cut it in half, they'd still be good at living a good life. And then everybody else would be. But that's that's how it's a, it's a lie. Socialism and communism never fucking does that. Well, and you know the best part about this whole thing is you're the uh, you're the uh, welfare worker, right? Whose whose job it is to distribute this stuff. You say, well, I think I deserve a raise based on what? Well, I've been here a certain amount of time, so I should get a raise. And you sit down and your union negotiates or you negotiate with your boss and you get a raise. Where did that money come from? The money that came from that is money that is supposed to be going to help the people who who are underprivileged, right? But no, the money for that department came from your department's budget, which is money you took from other people under the pretense that you were going to use it to help other people. You know what I mean? You're yeah. paying for part of the mechanism. So well, those, they don't have to worry about profit. They don't have to worry about the business succeeding because it's just coming straight out of tax. Yeah, government doesn't make money. Government just right. takes money. So if you're but, working in the government sector, it's, it's you're not you don't have to say, well, I'm 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 worth I'm worth my salt because I'm producing and your company is 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 getting a profit because of my hard work. But when you're a government sector, that's not, not the, producing that doesn't matter. Anything. You're just running yeah, a machinery. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And they say, well, running the machinery has some value. Sure it does. But the other side of that coin is, what if we have less machinery? What, what if we do? You know, what if, what if we just... The IRS, for example, who I don't care for, you know, uh, I think, uh, what was it, Michael J. Fox's line was, on uh, Family Ties years ago, was the IRA is the... Irish terrorists and the IRS is the American terrorists. Um, you know, that, that I bet you it costs somewhere in the neighborhood of a billion dollars to run the IRS every year. What if people, what if we had a flat tax and people, and I don't want to get into the whole flat tax thing, but every proposal I've ever seen a flat tax, they say, oh, it's regressive because it hurts lower income. No, there's usually a safety net built into it. Well, what they, in all the proposals I've ever seen, said people under a certain amount of money just don't pay tax. Yeah. And it's usually like $35,000 of household income. You just don't pay, right? Right. So nothing. Um, and that number can move up to if you want. But if everybody literally could file on a postcard, you wouldn't need the IRS. Or you'd need one-tenth of what it is right now. There's There's no way to work fraud because you cut, you know, all of that regulation down to... Here's what you can deduct. You can deduct these 10 things. That's it, right? There's not multiple, multiple pages of this stuff. I mean, there's 75,000 pages of... Uh, Whatever uh, happened to that, uh, uh, the tax code? Whatever happened to this, them talking about putting it on a postcard size? Well, the tough part about that, not to get too far into the weeds, is every line on a tax return has a lobby behind it. So when they say, hey, let's get rid of the homeowner's tax deduction, right? Well, everybody who builds homes goes, no, 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 no. We need that because if we don't have that, our business tanks. Every one of those lines has – every deduction you can have has a lobby behind it. And I don't I don't think that's good. So it's going to be tough to do that. You have to start throwing regulations out. But uh, but anyway, I, I think if you, could, if you could do that, you would have much less IRS, which let's say the IRS costs $100 million to run instead of a billion dollars. That's, by my math, $900 million in savings. And people say, well, those people would be out of jobs. Okay, I, I get that. Well, that they, they that better sucks. Have some sort of, yeah, but they probably have some sort of ability to, to move laterally to another job, right? Maybe. But if we start shrinking the size of government, the union starts saying, well, look at all these jobs you're eliminating. Yeah, you're right. But if they weren't jobs we needed in the first place, if they cost too much money, then we need to think about how we start cutting back. And the problem with government is once it gets bigger, it never gets smaller. Right. So, Well, that was pretty heavy. Uh, I think we're going to have another heavy topic coming up. Why don't we do a, intersperse our heavy topics with some table talk? Sure. Go ahead. This is uh, the – we've been doing this in the last few uh, where we – this little uh, lucite brick, I keep calling it, of, uh, of a deck of cards that have questions on it that you're supposed to – What's the name of the game? Uh, I think it's just table talk. I think that's what it's called. I could okay. be wrong. Oh, table topics. Table topics. All right. All right. So um, here's a table topic. What's your favorite scent? Now, I think I know what yours is. <laughs> your own farts? This, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, my dog's farts. Those are even better. If I could find that cologne. <laughs> you know, honestly, my favorite scent. I keep saying honestly. Like, you want me to lie to you? 
Um, my favorite scent, and I think this has to do with, you know, smell being a trigger from when you're a kid, is the smell of in the summer when asphalt gets really hot and it rains. Hmm. That smell of, I don't know. I don't, know yeah, I don't dig that at all. I just, uh, that just Weird. reminds me of being a kid, I think. I think I like uh, model airplane Lou first and foremost because that smells really good. You're smelling some right now? <laughs> and then uh, pipe tobacco. Yeah. Really has a good smell to it. You know, um, tobacco for me, um, I'm not I'm not a big advocate of smoking cigarettes at all. I mean, look, if you want to, cool. I think the habit's disgusting and bad for you. But I don't think the government should stop it. Um, way to bring this back into <laughs> simple stuff. Um, the uh, The smell of cigarette smoke outside. I love that smell. Weird. And again, I think that goes back to being a kid. My, my grandpa smoked and... Hmm. So that reminds me of being a kid. I do like uh, citrus scented cleaners. So when you go, if you go into a, like a business or somewhere where they've just cleaned everything, but it's it's not the bleach based stuff or not the potpourri or. Oh, not, see, bleach was my next favorite smell. But but if it but if it's got that citrus kind of smell to it for some reason, not but not not just regular citrus. Like like if you walk into a room full of like real fruit, I'm be like, eh, whatever. I'm smelling oranges and whatever. Big deal, but like the actual chemical scent that's like, uh, you know, it's not real. It's a fake citrus scent. I like it. I don't know what it is. Cooking meat. That's good too. Wow. Yeah. Bacon. <laughs> smell of bacon. I mean, you really can't. You know, only one thing smells like bacon. Yeah. And it's bacon. Yeah. So, all right. Give me uh, another one. Intermission. Oh, okay. <laughs> one more. Yeah. All right. If you could only read one magazine, which would you subscribe to? This is kind of an old, kind of old school here because a lot of people don't even read magazines anymore. What's a magazine? <laughs> I don't know. How about you? Um, it would probably be... You'd be like Prepper's Magazine, wouldn't you? Yeah. Off Grid. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, the Rifleman. Yeah. That's the NRA's magazine. <laughs> I don't know. Probably like National Geographic or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like, you know what I like magazines that are um, that try to shill products. So it's like uh, like the Men's Health Gear issue is like is like one of my favorite magazines because it's all kinds of stuff that I want to buy. I was gonna say not Men's Health though because if you've had a three month subscription, you've read all of their magazines that ever existed. Yeah, yeah, but but the but the Gear Lab or whatever that yeah. issue. So any magazine they used to have a magazine called Cargo, and um, this was before the internet really blew up. This was, I don't know. 15, 20 years ago. Um, was it that long ago? Oh my God, I'm old. But anyways, uh, it was called Cargo. And all it was was uh, a magazine of products that guys like me would enjoy. And they just talk about the different products. And it's like, uh, you know, it's a perfect consumer magazine. And I loved it. Yeah, because you're the perfect consumer. Yeah, I know, I got them. And like I said the last time, that uh, if you've got a good spiel, it gets me. So, and so yeah. Huh. All right. All right. Next topic. Uh, this Trump, NATO, Russia thing. Um, I, you were talking about this when we were getting ready for the show about how, uh, who was it that Trump was meeting with? It was the, uh, the head of NATO or something. Yeah. Like the, one of the big wigs of NATO, the, I don't know what the term for him was, you know, what commander. I thought it was like the leader of Sweden or something. No, it was like the NATO commander. I'm not specifically, I don't, but it was one of those kind of titles. So a big, a big wig in NATO. He was sitting across the table from him. And he was talking to him about the how Europe is not pulling its own weight, and the U.S. is spending a shitload of money on their defense, and and how we're not going to have it anymore. And he was sitting across from this guy, and he goes, uh, "You know, we've been we've been doing this. We, we don't." We, and, and the guy turns around, and he goes, "Well, yeah, no, we understand that, but you got to understand, we've been in the last year, we've been putting more money into it." And Trump kind of goes, "Yeah, why is that?" <laughs> and the guy goes, well, I mean, many factors, partially because of your leadership. Now, you don't hear that in the news, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's cut out. <laughs> yeah. Because that's true. Trump, Trump, you know, he, he is making them contribute more. He personally has done this. It wasn't because they decided to be magnanimous and go, you know what? We haven't been pulling our weight. Let's do something about it. Never would happen without somebody like Trump in there saying, hey, you guys are leave an eye on the hog and screwing us and we're, we're, we've been taking it we're not going to take it anymore and they're like ooh okay well how about we put a little more money into it well we made some at the time they were good decisions that I think need to go away like Japan is not really allowed to have their own standing army 
I mean, they have some forces, but in their treaty with us, they're not allowed to have their own national army, which, you know, of course we were afraid of in the 50s that they were just going to come roaring back after World War II. Well, why are we doing that now? I mean, they're parked right next to China. Yeah, these guys should be able to defend themselves. Why are we, why do we have a presence over there? I mean, when you can, I think a lot of the bombing runs that we do on like long distance runs, some of those things take off from Missouri. You know, I mean, we don't need England to be our aircraft carrier anymore. So the technology has made it so we don't need to be in all these countries. I think there's something like 75,000 U.S. troops in South Korea. What the hell for? You know? Yeah. I mean, the, the North Korean army is like a million soldiers. Is the 75,000 we have there going to do anything? Why don't we just, why don't we just go? I don't know why we're there. Why are we in Germany? Why are we in Turkey? Why are we in all these places? Just, we don't need to be doing it. Let them defend themselves. And if they don't want to defend themselves, well, that's at their own peril. But some of the reason we got there is because we did it. I mean, we told South Korea, hey, we'll help protect you. We told Japan, hey, we'll help protect you. Why don't we just go, you know what, that was a long time ago. So we think you can do it. We're going to, we'll transition out here and you guys can start paying for your own stuff. I'm sick and tired of hearing Scandinavian countries say, we have this great economy. Yeah, you don't have an army to speak of because we're here to protect you. Tired of being everybody's big brother. Well, and they know. They get it. They've been kind of living. And that's why a lot of these European uh, nations have been able to go so far into their, you know, socialism. You know, because they don't have to spend the money on the military like we like we've been, because we're backing them and we're supporting them that way. So, well, I don't think we have to spend the money on the military that we do. I'm sure there's plenty well, of waste. If we didn't do that, we wouldn't. Sure, I'm plenty. I'm sure there's plenty of waste in there too. You know, but right. come on, we don't we don't need to be spending all this money on. It. I think I think our defense budget should shrink, but I also think it should be I think it should be more efficient. Right. And yeah, it's easy for me to say, but. I again, I'm a capitalist. I think you can do you can do more on a smaller budget if you really put your mind to it. There's a lot of smart people at the Pentagon. There's also a lot of people who are trying to keep their positions there too. So, but you know, Trump's taking all the shit for going to NATO and saying, "Hey, fuck you." You know, start paying for shit. And then he goes to Russia and talks about what a great guy Putin is. And everybody is freaking out over it and they're like, "Wow, well, yeah." You backhand NATO like that, and you're glad-handing Russia. But isn't that sort of some of what needs to go on? That's kind of a... It's just a tactic. Yeah. That's all it is. And it's it's a good tactic, I think. What's he going to get meeting with Putin and saying, oh, you fucking son of a bitch, yeah. you know? He, well, it's the same with the North Korea. It's a tactic. You, he, one minute he's calling, you know, calling... A, Kim Jong-un names and, you know, making fun of him. And the next minute he's praising him. It's, it just depends on the situation. It's a give and take. It's an ebb and flow of a guy who's working a deal. Yeah. And that's, he's just using his, his experience in business and he's putting it in the world stage and people go, well, you can't do that. Why not? Yeah. Again, I, the thing I like about Trump more than anything is he's different. And I think we can use some different for, for good or ill. Maybe he doesn't, it doesn't work. You know, yeah, I'm just right now. I'm still worried that it's it's Trump's show. If if once Trump's done and no longer in the picture for whatever reason, that we're going to just completely revert back to status quo. Yeah, maybe, but there's um, and I don't I don't know if there's another Trump type person out there um, who could pull this off. Like he's doing, you know, someone for him to sort of pass the baton to. He certainly couldn't do it to a Mike Pence. I mean, Mike Pence is, I'm sure he's a nice, upstanding guy, but he doesn't have that charisma. Or the, or the, it seems like the drive. Yeah, I mean, just the. Trump's got amazing drive. The chutzpah. Yeah. He, he just doesn't have it. So I don't know if there's another person out there, but I mean, this is Trump's show for at least another two, maybe six years. Sorry, liberals. Might be. Um, but, uh, and sorry, some conservatives. It might be. Yeah. But. You know, I, I I like that we're trying something different. But I think, I remember hearing, uh, it was like Thomas Jefferson saying, and again, I'm paraphrasing, it's something along the lines of once someone gets a taste of liberty, it's hard to take it away from them. If you get someone in there, if Trump's there for four or eight years and cuts through a lot of bullshit in uh, 
in government and everything, the kind of people that voted for him, I will, be, I believe, will say, oh, we're not going back to the George Bushes and the Mitt Romneys and the John McCain types. We want, we want an ass-kicking John Wayne sort of guy again, just like we just had. And maybe that'll lose him an election. Maybe it'll win him an election. But I think it's going to be hard to run a Mitt Romney type after you had Trump in there. Right. And maybe that's a good thing, and maybe well, that's a bad thing. What, what's good to see is that the Democrats don't seem to be learning either. They're, they've got uh, their ideas that float around for the for the next election against Trump is Bernie Sanders, Hillary's yet again. Her name's coming up again. She... She couldn't beat him in an yeah. election. He, the only person more beatable than her is Trump. He took the two yeah. least electable people in the but country. That's what they're doing, and their Joe Biden's name is floating. It's like it's like they're the only thing. I'm if if they run those people, awesome. I hope more power to them. They're going to lose. I'm worried they're going to do this. You know, the it's going to be a stealth thing where there's somebody that nobody's heard of or somebody that just comes up in the last you know the last year, like an Obama. That just totally kind of like grabs the uh, the enthusiasm of younger people. Do you see anybody out there that you think it could be? I no, see a lot. But I of never saw. I never saw an Obama come in. Either. Well, you didn't. I didn't see him come. Oh, he spoke. I saw that one speech and go. Yeah, that was a nice speech. It, you know, the one Democratic about National yeah, the one about per- we don't want to be red. We don't want blue. We want to be purple. The one that was basically complete bullshit. Was that the DNC one? Yeah, it was the speech where you go, wow, he speaks well, and uh, yeah, he's saying the right things, and uh, this guy, this guy's going places. And I did not see from that that he was going to be um, fast tracked president. I did not, but uh, something like that could happen again easily. And you get the right momentum, and you get people fainting when the person gives speeches. Yeah, but who is it? That's the thing. Cortez. <laughs> who? <laughs> the new uh, socialist that got voted in. Uh, oh, what God. was it? Where was it? What state? She, yeah, New York. She got voted in in. Uh... In a district that had like 13% turnout. Yeah, it was really good. For a guy who's been in for like 20 years. Yeah. Everybody was shocked that she, that, that happened. She, she was. Did you see her face? Yeah. She was like, oh yeah. my God, I won. Well, she does have crazy eyes. Yeah, she does. Well, you'd know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think I worry about that too. I just don't see who it could be. I see a lot of people trying. I think Cory Booker is one who wants to try and do it, but he's not, he's not charismatic enough. I think uh, it was... Uh, Kamala, who's the female senator from California? Yeah. Oh, God. I want to say it's Harris, but I don't think that's it. Anyway, I, she's totally positioning herself. Christine Gillibrand is trying to do that. They just, they don't have... Well, they're talking about Elizabeth Warren, too, who's another... Oh, God, she's el- a wacko. ...elderly, uh, crazy white woman. So, uh, they're talking, for, for as much as diversity as they're talking about, they're really floating out these, you know... White she she can't. Trump kneecapped her with that with that take the test thing. Pocahontas thing. No, not Pocahontas. But she says she says no. I'm I'm part Native American. He goes take the test. She every time she gets up there, Trump acolytes are going to be yelling take the test, just like they did with Hillary and lock her up. Yeah. So the guys the guys good at branding. You got to give him that. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing is all of this stuff. You know they're floating that. It's childish. They're floating the big Trump balloon. Of a baby Trump. Oh, over in, in Europe? In London. Yeah, yeah. And the mayor is all on board on it. Well, Sadiq like, yeah. Khan is a complete piece of shit. Right. But, I mean, a mayor should be like, hey, look, that's just not civil. Yeah, but if you know anything about him. Yeah, I know. But it's just another example of how far we've fallen. But I people are like, oh, you know, that's going to bug Trump. I don't think it does. No. I mean, I, th- I think he, it bothers him to not be liked. But... He's 70 years old. He's been sued a billion times. He's worth, if not a billion dollars, he's worth multiple millions of dollars. The guy has like, his jar of fucks is empty. Well, and what they don't understand, still don't understand about Trump is you do something like that, that you actually, let's say you legitimately anger him or get under his skin. He's not going to appease. He's going to double down. So what are you fucking doing? If you actually like rolled out the red carpet as a people... And like you know, give, threw flowers at his feet when he came in. It, you probably actually get something out of that. Wow. Because all these people love me. I'm going to treat them well. You know, they're respecting me. And, I, and but they're so du- fucking stupid. I saw somebody interviewing Seth Meyers, and they said, and it, it was like an MSNBC host, or I can't remember who it was. Right, fan said, "Hey, I'm, you know, I got to blame you a little bit for this whole Trump running thing." And they took his clip when he was doing the the um, uh, press 
dinner, White House press yeah. dinner, and he was the MC, and he said, yeah, they say Donald Trump might run as a Republican. That's funny. I thought he was running as a joke. And they showed Trump, and he's just sitting there smoldering. Steaming, yeah. And they said, I think that's the moment he decided he was going to run. <laughs> well, if Europe Europe would do to like treat Trump like they treated the the waves of uh, immigrant hordes, like signs saying said hordes right with a yeah, D. The signs, that, the, uh, Poland signs say, "We love you. We, you know, come here. We're 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 going to respect you." And we oh, it's, this is the, you're the greatest people. If they do that to Trump, they probably get something from him. Did you see uh, that? Uh, you know, Lauren Southern. She got. Oh, yeah. She was. Um, she's a she's a conservative YouTube commentator, pretty Canadian woman. Who uh, who's been in a lot of controversy because she was banned from? Uh, You're such a pig. You just descri- recently, you she... describe her first as pretty, oh, not she, smart. Oh, she is. But uh, she was banned from Australia just now, I think. And then before that, she was banned from London. Uh, you Great sexist Britain? asshole! That's how you have to describe <laughs> uh, her. I am offended. Yeah. No, I'm offended on behalf of the women out there. Sure. Um, so she was. There was some ship that was bringing immigrants back and forth in Italy. Yeah, these NGOs, these non-government organizations. So she went out there and they were uh, – well, she got accused of firing a flare yeah. at the boat and she, everything. She, well, she embedded herself basically. She was doing journalism. And all she's biased. It wasn't uh, non-opinionated. It was opinionated. Right. But she was – she got together with these uh, Identity Europa people that were like, yeah, we're, we're, we're tired of these NGOs doing human – Human trafficking. Right. It's not. It's not. They're they not rescuing the, people. They were claiming they were refugees. Yeah. What they're doing is it's just there. There's money. Money exchanging hands. It's these bad actors that are doing um, human trafficking, and we want to stop this. So she got. I don't think she got arrested, but she got shunned on oh, yeah. social media forever for trying to stop that boat. The Italian government has now stopped that boat. They said yeah. no. Go go back. We don't want you. Yeah. You guys. You guys are human traffickers. They called them that. <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly what the the exactly the boat she that she was were. on. Um, the identity Europa people were doing. They were basically saying, "No, yeah. it's the boat. It's the same one that she yeah. went after." No, I know, but the boat she was on with yeah. with the people yeah. were doing that, and they were ostracized basically, and and they were kicked out, and all kinds of negative consequences. And she's pretty much justified at this point. Yeah, it turns out they were right. So, so, all right. Well, we're up against time. Yeah, so we can end it here. I wanted to get to that uh, Justice Kavanaugh thing, but. Maybe next time. Oh, that'll, I'm sure that'll be news somehow with the uh, hearings and all that. All that We'll have plenty of time to talk about Kavanaugh. Yeah. Coming up. So if you want to contact Rooster, it's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or me, Crow, breadandcircusespodcast.com. I thought yours was come at me, bro, at breadandcircuses.com. Do you even live, bro? <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks. See you. Bye. Bye.